And there's a drive in the left field. This is hit well. And it's gone! A two-run home run! The Brewers take the lead! Nobody on the road. Nobody on the beach. What's up, friends? Welcome to Terrace Talk, Episode 7, where we got another week of Brewer Spring Training Baseball in the books. Um, And we're about halfway through spring, two and a half weeks from opening day, where the Twins just announced we will be seeing uh, Kenta Maeda um, on opening day. No surprise there. Uh, And the Brewers uh, have had their hands full with him, uh, especially last year. So hopefully we fare a little bit better this year. But uh, boys, we got a, a full week of Brewers baseball that we just digested. Um, and really, uh, we got to start with this guy because the hype train is growing. Um, the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Barrels himself, Garrett Mitchell. <laughs> um, he is 8 of 14 this spring, had another base hit today. Um, and Saturday, he had a screaming home run to right center and another double or another hit correct me if i'm wrong um but uh yeah he's he's the one that has uh brewers fans fired up so what do you guys got on him i know uh i think mitch l is the leader of you you know you claim to be the leader on burns and rightfully so with your draft day tweet um and i'll give you this because we i think we've annoyed some people with the hype but uh you're leading the train man yeah, uh, we're starting to get some replies for people to tell us to calm down. And I'm going to I'm gonna tell you what, I am not going to calm down. And there's a chance we won't even we won't even sniff him probably until yeah. past service time next year. But you can bet every time he hits a home run in spring training, we're posting the clip of that video. Um, his swing is literally orgasmic. I mean, it is just uh, a dream watching how short, compact that is. Uh, one of my friends had mentioned uh, Michael Brantley comp, and I just mm. keep seeing Michael Brantley now. Um, and he, you know, we, we call him Mr. Barrel. I think that's just going to be his nickname. I think of his eight hits, it feels like six or seven of them had exit velos of over 100. Um, I didn't see, I haven't been on baseball seven in a while, but I would venture to guess his average exit velo in spring is probably in the top 10 for all of baseball at this point. Um, his floor too is so high because he's so fast and he's going to stick in center field. I mean, it's just a, yeah. Hype train is in full motion after 14 ABs of his first uh, spring training. So uh, get your, get your Garrett Mitchell jerseys on pre-order because that guy is uh, he's, he's on his way to Milwaukee in the, in the short term. Dude, you know, you know what? I hope he keeps number 77. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, why, why change it, man? Like (laughs) it looks sharp on him. Yeah, I don't know if I've been this hyped for a prospect since Rye. 
I mean, like I just watch his swing and I just start tearing up because I'm thinking of what Ryan did for us. And I'm like, oh my God, we got Ryan's clone. We got Ryan's clone. <laughs> yeah, it's like a it's a different profile though. It's uh, you know, I doubt he hits as many home runs, but right. he'll probably hit for a, a you know high average and he's fast as shit, man. He had a routine ground ball to second base today. And I don't know even know who was playing second base for the Mariners, but it was a routine couple hopper and he beat it out. <laughs> and the guy, the second baseman was like, what the hell? Dude? Everyone has been talking about how good of a person he is too. Brendan Suter was like, he's just a good kid. He plays the game hard. And yeah, I, I you know, you mentioned the the no home run thing. I, I wonder if that's something that Sarah and the rest of the minor league development coaches are going to try to continue to untap out of him is to try to get the ball to elevate because if he can find a way to find a significant power stroke, whether that's, you know, a 20 to 25 home run season, we're talking about a absolute superstar in the making. It's not even surprising anymore. When you flip through the box score after the game, they go gear Mitchell, two hits comes in in like the fifth or sixth, two hits, two barrels. Um, so yeah. tweet the tweet the other day. I don't know who it was by, but, uh, Garrett Mitchell giving us Giannis vibes in Wisconsin. I think Garrett Mitchell is going to be the key. Um, the state of Wisconsin is going to be tapping into double A and triple A games just to watch Garrett Mitchell play. I mean, pending where he is, who knows? But uh, I think the minor leaguers, the numbers for uh, internet views are going to skyrocket with this dude down there. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, no Mitch L mentioned that he hasn't been excited uh, like this since Ryan Braun. And I agree with him. I mean, I I had convinced myself that Orlando Arcia was going to be the next, you know, franchise cornerstone. And we've touched on that a handful of times and it, it hasn't got to that point. But he was like, I don't know, he was like a top 15 prospect probably like uh, around baseball when he got called up. I'm going to venture to guess that uh, Mitchell is going to skyrocket up some of those top 100 lists. Um, after this spring training, like if they do a midseason report and after taking in this spring and uh, probably I would, I'm going to guess that he starts in double A, which is going to be aggressive anyhow, um, or maybe advanced day. I don't know. I don't know. Um, they haven't really given word about any of that type of the stuff. Um, you got to keep in mind, this guy was in the pack 12, 12 months ago. Um, so like he's, he's already, you know, he's only struck out one time in 14 at bats, eight hits. He's got a stolen base. Like he it's, it's exciting stuff. Yeah. And the noise it makes when it jumps off his bat, there are just certain hitters that you watch that it just, the, the noise is different. It's just like a, wow, what was that? Um, and he's one of those guys that gives off that vibe. So. Yeah, and this kind of ties in. We we had asked people on Twitter to send in their questions. And, you know, this last week, the you can just see on Twitter, like in the Brewers kind of Twitter sphere that we've created for ourselves, that the hype on him is, is growing exponentially with every spring training game. And so we got a question that, you know, when can we expect to see Garrett Mitchell in the big leagues? Um, do you guys have any thoughts on that? Uh, you know, you kind of referred to it. We we probably won't see him this year um, in all likelihood. Uh, but what do you think about potentially in 2021 or 2022 seeing him uh, down the road? Yeah, I, get, I can start, Buzz. So I, I definitely think this year is out um, with the way our outfields log. Even if he does have a really good um, year this year in the minors, it just it doesn't make sense um, with the talent that we have in the outfield position. Um, you start looking in, they, they 
you know, as, as we all know, teams manipulate service time. So I wouldn't even expect to see him in the first half of next year. Um, depending upon how Lowe's body can hold up, because um, Lowe's last year of his contract is next year. So I think, you know, at worst we see him to start the 2023 year, but I could also see him being an impact player potentially for a, you know, a, when we, after we win the world series this year, we'll run it back next year. I could see us being a, him being a part of like the September call-ups for uh, 2022 for when we run it back. Yeah. You know, I mean, I completely agree with you, Mitch, um, you're kind of the minor league GM guru, uh, but yeah, probably double A, triple A this year to start out. Um, I guess who really knows? They might just throw them into the fire in triple A and see what happens. Um, I mean, there's kind of a log jam of outfielders that are going to be in triple A this year as well that are kind of going to be on the taxi squad. But I don't know. Dude's just an electric, electric player. Um, I mean, I'm the irrational one. I'm, I'm, I'm all for just starting them up there right now. Fuck it. Just, <laughs> just let it to see what happens. What about – what if – what if we have one roster spot for one outfielder and it's uh, Mr. T-Rat, your boy, or Mitchell, who are you taking? Don't make me make this decision, dude. <laughs> it's so funny because, you know, we obviously just started this podcast, what, six weeks ago. And the you know, most of the players that we've talked about, like we won't even see this year on the team. But, but I mean, it's a spring training. I mean, you have to find the, the things to really keen in on and like, get fine takes because obviously like what Yelich has less than 10 ABs this spring and like they're bringing JBJ Colton Wong like they're starting once every five days right now they'll probably get ramped up here the next couple weeks um kind of reminds me of like Ryan Braun would go in and like play in one spring training game and just be like fuck it I'm fucking good to go yeah he'd he'd strike out and then a double in the opposite field gap and then he'd just be done yeah, one game bubble wrap yeah <laughs> rich, garrett, rich garrett mitchell's already getting bubble wrap comments so <laughs> that's all you need to know <laughs> that's awesome yeah so um and then this uh this made some news on friday afternoon when we started optioning some of those prospects down to minor league camps um when they do that it's odd because they can still come back up and play in major league games so i don't technically know like the the meaning behind all of it but um, Craig Council, basically, you know, everyone noticed that Aaron Ashby was the, the lone man out um, and the one remaining in Major League Camp. And he kind of joked around with the, the Brewers beat writers. And he's like, you guys can you guys can write about that. Like, so uh, Aaron Ashby is opening up um, a lot of eyes, including his managers uh, this spring. And he's been awesome. Um, I kind of was saying it before the show, I didn't have a chance to take in Saturday's game. Um, and it looked like he didn't have his best stuff, but he hasn't got called down yet. Um, so I'm assuming we'll get another outing or two out of them before they, they make a call on him. Uh, but what are your takes on, uh, on Ashby and, uh, you know, the same type of conversation uh, with him? When, when do you think we could see him up at the big league level? Yeah, I mean, he didn't throw well the other day. I think he came in with a guy on first, kind of a middle in it, middling like switch where they brought the starter back in. But um, I mean, I guess it was kind of his first taste of coming in with men on base and having to adjust and throw strikes. I think he gave up a hit, a walk or something, maybe a run. I mean, he was still around the zone. He didn't completely shit the bed or anything. Um, I mean, I, once again, I'm for just sending him up right away. Might as well. Um, but we all know that's probably not going to happen with the service time manipulation. But 
I don't know with the, I mean, uh, Hauser got hurt today, but it doesn't sound like it's going to be too serious. Um, and Freddie kind of vying for that fifth starter spot. I mean, I don't know if there's a spot for him in the pen. A lot of injuries do happen. Um, I guess time will only tell. Uh, Mitch, what do you think? Yeah, no, I, I mean, I'm glad. I mean, it's easy to see his potential and his success, especially with his two power pitches that way that he uh, has been spinning off that curveball. Um, but yeah, I, with with service time and as shitty as it is, um, I, I just don't think there's any chance that he cracks the opening day roster. Um, you know, like you mentioned, there would have to be a lot of injuries to happen for him to do that. Um, but Stearns and Council love to play the shuttle game anyways. And we have some bullpen arms that are out of options. Um, so I know we were talking about this in the group chat, but I think I think you'll fully see a bullpen to start the year, not necessarily the best bullpen. If you were to build our best bullpen with the arms we have, it'll be based upon who has options, who doesn't, because, you know, we talked about this year being, you know, they, they're expecting potentially some more injuries. I could see us going with at least on out of the shoot um, with guys that are out of options. And then kind of as the season plays out, they'll, you know, bring up the best arms, but um, I could see Ashby having a 2018 Corbin type impact where they called him up in the August, September timeframe. And he was kind of the, you know, two inning guy on the back end of the pen to like get us to like Hater and JJ. So um, that would be like an ideal for me if Ashby gets called up and starts logging some key innings down the stretch, you know, the sixth, seventh inning. Um, so that's when I think potentially we could see him. See, and I'm kind of on the opposite spectrum of kind of giving those guys that are out of options uh, more of a chance. April's a huge fucking month for us. I think we played the Cubs, what, nine times? Um, and I believe we play L.A. right away as well. Um, Mets, I think, are in the first month. 20, Dude, April's going to be an electric month. Huge for huge for us. Hopefully we can distance ourselves from Chicago. But I don't know about – I mean, who's out of options that would be – that we are considering Ray Black, Boxberger. Yeah, he had a rough day today. Um, yeah, there's there's a handful of guys, and I know I, I get the concern, boss. I just don't. I think the Brewers are deep enough where I don't think it will cost games. But yeah, it's. I mean, it's a classic debate. It's talent over contract manipulation, and um, I think we're gonna keep those guys that are out of options. Um, as long as possible, as long as it's not costing games, just to keep that organizational depth as strong and as long as possible. Um, and as, as Mitch L likes to say, you know, Stearns, we love this quote, but as many bites out of the apple as possible. Um, so keeping, keeping the organizational uh, depth strong will be important. Um, yeah, I, you know, I keep going back to the 2018 Burns comparison and I can see something like that, but uh, it's cool. I like when you get those, uh, you know, when you get the skipper um, saying that he's, you know, pressed or impressed with people and that he's opening eyes and those type of quotes when council says it, it carries a lot of weight. So it's, uh, it's cool to hear those things. Um, one thing on, uh, on both those guys. So uh, like you said, Garrett Mitchell has been described by, as by teammates as a great teammate. Uh, but I was seeing some Brent Suter quotes floating around um, Brewers Twitter. And, dude, he's he's an absolute delight when he starts spinning off his quotes. Um, he described Colton Wong and JBJ as energy givers. 
um, as new additions to the team and they pour out energy, positivity and advice to younger players. And he said, it's a lot of good leaders and it's been cool to watch it. Um, and he says, keep it brewing. Um, along with that though, they, they asked him about Ashby and someone asked him like, do you think he's going to be on the fast track to make the big league club? And he goes, well, if he keeps performing like this, he's going to be on the hyper track to get to the big league. So you just love seeing that positivity from uh, Suter. And, uh, you know, we talked about adding winning players like Wong and JBJ. Um, and it sounds like the, the guys are already floating to them for questions and advice, which is pretty cool to see. Uh, cool. Uh, let's go through some uh, some news and notes. So I think those are the, the two big stories of the week. Um, we'll, we'll touch on a handful of more things here, but um, I'll read off some of the things um, of note and then both of you jump in afterwards and see if you have anything additional to say. Um, so today was Travis Shaw's uh, last game before we have to decide whether to keep him or not and pick up that $1.5 million contract for the year. All signs indicate, according to the Brewers' beat, and you know, just listening to quotes from Stearns and Council, um, that we're going to keep Travis Shaw, um, and I think it's likely that he's going to be our opening day third baseman as we face a right-hander um, on the hill. So, uh, the mayor of Ding Dong City uh, will be in Milwaukee again, which is awesome to see. And we got high hopes for him. Uh, Mitchell. Uh, is especially excited to throw that picture up as many times as possible this year. <laughs> um, 30 times, 30 times. This 30 year. ding dong, dude. <laughs> uh, Derek Fisher, uh, he left today with a hamstring injury, and he's going to be out for a, a while um, and will probably miss the rest of spring. Doesn't bode well for a guy out of options trying to get one of those final outfield spots. I doubt that we see him on the Brewers to start the year and probably never again. <laughs> I, I, I guess, I don't know. I guess we'll see, but um, he was performing pretty well actually this spring. Uh, so that's kind of a bummer. Like you said, Hauser, he left with like a bruised thumb, like right thumb discomfort. I, do you guys feel the same way about me on this? I feel like he's the king of like those type of injuries. <laughs> yeah, he had he had like the identical injury last year they talked about it and they said that even this one was more minor it said a couple of days and um he should be back so it sounded like more precautionary than anything yeah i would like to think that he would uh pitch through something like that in the regular season he pitched well today um he's been good this spring so uh we know that mitch is excited about him and we all are um so we need a big year from him uh, low Kane will debut by the end of this week. So, um, you know, if he's, if he's getting some PT before March 20th, he'll probably be ready to go for opening day. Uh, hopefully we don't rush him back cause there's not really a need to right now. Uh, boss, your guy, Ray Black will throw off a mound by the end of the week. He also will probably start the year on the IL, um, from what I've read. Yeah, that's what I'm seeing too. <clears throat> He's a guy that's out of options too. So IL makes sense. Yeah. Uh, JP Fireheisen, uh, Stevens Point legend, uh, is 12 up, 12 down this spring in his four innings of pitching. Um, he's making a strong case for one of those final bullpen spots. Uh, Boxberger got shit on today. <laughs> the Mariners were just sitting up those low 90s fastballs and attacking early. 
Boss wasn't watching the game, and he's like, did he give up all those runs on nine pitches? And I'm like, yeah, dude, they're swinging first pitch every single time. (laughs) Um, So I I don't know. I don't know what's going to go on there. I I still think he makes the team. Uh, I think he would have to make another few poor outings to not be on the opening day roster. The big lefty, uh, Perdomo, um, council had a quote after the game that he's been impressed with him. Uh, saw a couple of beat writers say that you can expect him on the, the shuttle squad, um, probably mid mid season type deal, kind of like we saw last year. Um, so he's, he's an exciting prospect too, uh, especially being six, six left-handed throwing upper nineties out of the pen. We have so many bullpen arms, just quality bullpen arms. Like even our shuttle guys, if you put them on, you know, mm. a good portion of other teams, they are solid pen pieces for those teams. It's just our pen is so deep. Yeah. Yeah. And we can uh, we can talk about this real quick. Josh Hader, um, his VLO was down in his first outing. I think he was sitting around 91, 92, um, got – touched up a little bit, um, had a, a better second outing. Um, so, you know, there's, there's some folks on Twitter, uh, a little worried about how he performed to start the spring, but I, I think his VLO is back up if I'm not mistaken. In his you second guys, yeah. Did you guys watch his second outing? I did not No, I saw his velocity was back in the mid nineties though. Yeah. He was like 95, 96, but you could tell he was definitely working out, trying to work on his changeup and his slider. And he threw a couple of like dandies that they took for balls and you could just kind of tell in his eye. He was like, all right, fuck this. And then he just started throwing fights, like heaters by dudes. <laughs> and then he struck out the next two dudes in a row. So you could just see that he has that switch. I'm not worried about Josh Hader. I know we kind of talked about the low velo early on, but he'll be fine. Agreed. Agreed there. Uh, a couple notes on the uh, the writer and the uh, couple articles that were written this week. Um, so Tom Hardicourt uh, continues to not be able to contain himself uh, about writing about financial constraints. So it could have just been a simple article about how the Brewers are being creative and, you know, deferring money. That was the gist of the article that I, I just read before we logged on here. Uh, but then of course he has to talk about the coronavirus and the Brewers being a small market team and having this budget that Antanasio has, and we have to defer money because of this. And it's like, dude, give this story a rest. Just put it on the back burner. Give me news and notes in the spring. Ask your, ask your, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to chirp them. Ask your questions, <laughs> ask your questions and just write about the team. I don't want to hear any more financial talk right now. I just don't. Yeah. They already, they already, one of the front office dudes already said that, um, that they're that like Mark a and, uh, David Stearns are like, okay with spending money at going and getting quality players saying that there's money that they can spend. So I just don't understand why he has to keep bringing up the same shit. It's yeah, the head of the business side basically said that if they needed to make a move at the trade deadline to acquire, you know, a significant contract for the rest of the year, that being Trevor story, um, <laughs> that, that we have the resources to do so. So it's just like, I, I don't know why Tom's doing it. I think he like has this like inside joke with Mark every time he sees him in spring training and he smiles. Like, it's it's gotta be a You ready for the article again? <laughs> I mean, dude, do you, 
Do you think like they tell him to do it so that Mark Antonio looks better to fans? Like I, I just don't get it. I don't either. And like the new TV deal numbers are out now, and like the TV deal is in like the eighty millions, it like quadrupled. We got a new sponsorship deal. Mark's about to sell his parent company for a ridiculous amount of money. Like Tom, give it, give it up, man. If you're listening to this podcast, like we appreciate all the work you do for our team, but give it fucking up. Yeah, dude, I almost fell asleep reading the article too. It's like I've I can write the article for him next time if he wants me to. <laughs> I'll email it to him the next time. I don't even know. This is so random too. Like he didn't write this right after we got JVJ. He waited like 13 days and then he's like, all right, it's time. <laughs> <laughs> We're resurfacing it. Admin, pull it, pull it out of the pull it out of the archives. Yeah, man. I swear. I've read the same article from him for the last decade since I've been reading Brewers articles. Like fi- mean, financial like, constraints, small that, market team. Oh, Jesus. COVID. Bro. Repeat. Yeah. Yeah. We'll be talking we'll be talking about the COVID year for eternity with Hodder Court. We're gonna be looking back in 15 years. I'm gonna be digging up articles from 2021 <laughs> about him complaining about the coronavirus. <laughs> It's, I can just imagine like 90 year old Hardicourt in like a wheelchair. His last words just like <laughs> financial constraints. Put it on the grave. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, I don't mind him, but I mean, come on. We're done with those. Um, uh, the Athletic had a couple of cool articles. Um, one of them early on in the week talking about uh, this one wasn't even salmon. So this was a like a guy that covers the whole league. Um, they did an article on the teams that best develop velocity. Uh, and the takeaway was the Brewers were the best team in baseball at developing velocity, uh, which is pretty cool. I think they noted that Woodruff was sitting like 88 to 90 as a senior at Mississippi state. And since he's been with the Brewers, I mean, obviously he consistently pumps 97, 98, you Corbin, know, Corbin in. Was another one too. Corbin was in that same range in college, maybe a little higher, but Corbin's now in that same range that Woodruff is too. But yeah, well, I think yeah. Uh, I think you could throw Peralta in there because we got him when he was like 17, 18 years old, yeah. and he was tossing like upper 80s, low 90s, I think. Uh, yeah, so uh, it's pretty cool when the you know the whole league is recognizing what the Brewers are doing pitching wise. And then, Mitch, you want to touch on uh, the indie ball article that was a lot on Justin Topa, and they mentioned a few Brewer sleepers to, to watch this year? Yeah, our guy Will absolutely knocked another article out of the park, just like he always does with all of his articles. But um, he did a deeper dive into <clears throat> what the Brewers are doing in the independent league um, and how they place a – uh, greater detail and not just looking at that league as has-beens or guys that'll never crack it into, you know, the majors. Tapa was an indie ball guy, and they actually touched on two other arms there, Cousins and then Zach. Um, I'm going to butcher his last name. I think it's uh, Venaro, maybe. Um, <clears throat> but he talked about, you know, how they see potential, whether it's velocity or movement, um, and they actually give these guys a shot and work with them in the lab and pretty much just instill a ton of confidence in them to, you know, excel at what they're great at. And you're kind of seeing it. Obviously, Tapa is going to be a huge part of our bullpen this year, but Cousins pitched, 
I think on Friday and his stuff too, just looked like, wow, this guy could be one of those, you know, top of like guys where, you know, they come out of nowhere and they're pitching big time innings. So um, it's cool to hear the Brewers are looking where other teams really aren't. Um, so I'm excited to see um, how that'll continue in the other arms and, and pieces we can find out of, you know, the, the indie ball league. So. Yeah. Jake cousins uh, out of Pennsylvania. So you Penn 20th round pick of the nationals in 2017 has been playing indie ball and he has four appearances for the Brewers this spring. He's six foot four, 185, um, And he hasn't given up a run. He's throwing three innings, three strikeouts, uh, four appearances. So um, yeah, it's just another one. It's another guy that you can throw in that stable of pen options that we have. So it's pretty fun. Cool. Um, let's see. Do you guys have any other brewers notes, articles, quotes, anything from the last week? Uh, Urias being back in the lineup today was, was nice to see him. He's been out for about a week and a half. I know I think he did a couple strikeouts today, but um, just trying to get <clears throat> all the guys healthy and into somewhat of a groove going into opening day. Cause as Buss mentioned, um, regardless of who's actually on the opening day roster, we're going to need to come out of the gates shooting fast because um, our schedule in the first month, at least, you know, looking at it on paper, excuse me, on paper is um, it's going to be a tough month. So um, it'd be nice for us to get healthy and, and get out of the gates fast. So um, seeing Urias back in the lineup today was huge. And then yeah. the only other note oh, that I wanted to mention, we touched on him a little bit, but uh, also could be a hype train type thing is if Freddie Peralta's slider looks like oh, yeah. what it did um, on Friday. Um, <laughs> he may be another guy that he's going to force his way into the rotation. I think he kind of set himself up. As I need to see it, man. I need to see, I, I need to see him in the rotation. Yeah. I know there's, I know there's an argument to be had about stating his dominance in the bullpen this guy is still 24 years old and I want, I want a fair shake with him a couple months stint at least in the rotation to see what we got there. And I always, I always thought he was a third pitch away from being a solid rotation piece. And if this slider um, is, is that third pitch, I think he's another arm that's going to be right there with, you know, Woodruff and, and Corbin at the front end of the rotation. Yeah, man. I mean, he's thrown three and two thirds and has 10 strikeouts. <laughs> um, also hasn't given up a run. So it'll be interesting. I, I, I'd like to see him get a couple, even if they're just spring training starts, I'm not sure how much that matters, but uh, he's only come out of the bullpen so far as like a piggyback guy. So I would like to see him get a couple starts here. So we'll see. That's a popular topic is whether you see him and, you know, that, and the, the Cardinals are going to do this with Alex Reyes, it sounds like, where they're going to use them in relief and, you know, have them throw 100 innings out of the bullpen. Um, so maybe we do something like that, but I would like to see them get a fair share of uh, looks in the rotation before we do that. And real quick, before we go to break, um, <laughs> I mean, wh when are we going to release Eric Lauer? I think, well, I think he's got options left. So they're probably just going to stick him in the minors and get him to the lab. Dude, he, might as well, he might as well buy a house in Nashville. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
yeah, it's it's tough to watch. He was the opening day starter for the Padres like two years ago. It's just crazy how much better they got. And I don't know if he's just like completely lost confidence, but man, he can't locate anything. Nothing, nothing at all. So hopefully we get him back, back in, you know, being a contributor at some point. He's too busy uh, fixing up his house with his goddamn knee pads. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, for real. All right, cool. Well, we'll uh, be right back here with uh, a trip around the MLB and some of those Twitter questions. All right, we're back where we uh, go a trip around all of Major League Baseball here. Um, So I'll just run through these notes. A lot of minor transactions, some injury news, um, you know, rotation, position battles, that type of stuff. So uh, Orioles, they end up signing Michael Franco, which makes sense. He'll be playing third base for them. Um, Sonny Gray, Reds uh, star pitcher, will start the season with a back injury on the IL. Uh, Carlos Carrasco has some elbow soreness, but he should be fine for opening day. Um, Quang Hung Kim, uh, Cardinal starting pitcher, is hurt, um, which opens the door for Daniel Ponce de Leon to start in the cards rotation. And they've had a couple injuries there. Miles Michaelis is also hurt, which um, has John Gant filling in that role. So uh, the Cardinals are starting the season a little thin at starting pitcher. Um, so uh, you hate to see that. Um, we got uh, Strasburg. Uh, you, I don't wish injuries on anyone, but, you know, the Cardinals losing depth, that part of it, I'm, I'm fine with. Um, Strasburg, um, day-to-day with the calf injury, I mean – seems like I've seen that a million times before. Um, Austin Nola fractured his finger, which opens the door for Victor Carantini um, to get a lot of playing time for the Padres to start the year. He was a part of that Darvish trade, I believe, Yep. Um, and going to San Diego. So former Cobb going to get some starts for the Padres. Indians released Billy Hamilton, <laughs> um, which is not a surprise. Uh, one of the fastest players in the league has never been able to hit at a major league level. Um, Mike Soroka will be ready in April. So uh, one of the Braves top line starters who got hurt last year, hopefully you'll see him starting games by the end of April, early May. Indians, Terry Francona uh, named Andres Jimenez their starting shortstop. So he'll replace Lindor and be the starter there in Cleveland. Um, our guy, not our guy. I don't know why I said our guy. We have no affiliation to this guy. Nick Markakis retired. Pro <laughs> fan of Nick. Yeah. Big Nick Markakis, guys. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know why I said our guy. I've always liked Markakis and picking him in video games. Great contact guy. Lefty outfielder from the Orioles. <laughs> um, Trent Grisham left Thursday's game with a hamstring injury. Shouldn't be out long. Bottom dwellers, Pirates signed Trevor Cahill. Brewers legend Tim Dillard retired. So he'll have a lot more time to concentrate on his Twitter content. And Jose Martinez tore his meniscus. Did I miss anything of note? Like I said, a ton of minor stuff. Um, some, Some news on contract extensions. Obviously, the Cubs are getting talked about. Their main guys and Bryant has continuously said that they're not in contact about an extension right now. 
And Rizzo was quoted saying that he's hopeful that they'll get something figured out, but nothing imminent there. So you'll seeing a lot of that. And I was just looking up, uh, I saw something come across my Twitter feed. The 2021 free agent class is going to be pretty loaded. Yeah. A lot of shortstops. Yeah. Like Lindor, if he doesn't get re-signed by the Mets, Trevor Story, Javi Baez. Corey Seager. Yeah. So that's, that's going to be a huge class. I mean, there's a lot of pitchers too. Like Noah Syndergaard, Lance McCullers, Lance Lynn. Like there's, I, I was reading off and there was like 20 difference makers. So keep that in mind. Um, can't wait to hear the financial constraints article next year. Or can't get one of them. <laughs> well, I, I would say more so keep it in mind for attacking those players for like trade deadline accusations. Oh, for sure. Rentals. Um, so that's, that'll be interesting to watch. Uh, so Twitter questions, uh, we got a handful of these and we appreciate everyone sending those in. Uh, we got one of these from uh, my guy, uh, Jake Lenzendorf, shout out to him. Um, he writes for reviewing the brew. Uh, I worked with him up in green Bay at a time. He did a, a good job there when he was uh intern there. So he would shout out Lenzendorf. Uh, we got, uh, the biggest concern heading into the season. So we'll start with, uh, who, one of you two take it. What's your biggest concern heading in? Mitch, you go. Okay. Um, I think my biggest concern would be we are betting on bounce back years from a lot of guys. And I think it's, you know, very possible that they bounce back because they've all shown success, but it's also worth noting that, I mean, some of their struggles were, are, are very, um, they can be problematic. So the first one, and he's kind of was on my what to watch out for bold takes was Keston hitting 40 home runs. On the flip side of that, we saw his strikeout problem that he had last year and just the inability to consistently put the ball in play. He's kind of showing this spring that that still seems to be a concern. I think he's striking out almost at a 50% clip this spring, um, pretty close to that. So um, if Keston can't consistently put the ball in play, um, that's a problem because, you know, <clears throat> when he does put the ball in play, he finds the barrel a lot and good things happen, uh, which is why I had the bold take of the 40 home run watch. But um, yeah, I mean, his strikeout rate is a concern and it's definitely something that um, I will be looking forward to seeing uh, how it plays out throughout the year. And then the other two that we talked about as bounce back candidates, but also struggled mightily last year were um, Omar and Avi. Omar specifically, I know he's put a lot of um, attention on getting better defensively and we saw strides there, but I have to wonder if, you know, all that was also, you know, took away from his relaxed approach at the plate because he was always above average hitter. Um, and last year he took a significant step there back. And then with the logged outfield, um, you know, is Avi going to get enough um, at bats for him to consistently get into a group? He's obviously showing the spring, um, with the dropped weight that, you know, you can see the potential there. Um, but that would be my biggest concern is we're betting on a lot of bounce backs that, you know, may or may not happen. Yeah. My probably biggest concern is, I mean, probably a lot of Brewers fans out there is the left side of the infield. I mean, we have Travis Shaw, Orlando, um, Urias, Daniel Robertson. Um, out of those couple of guys, we're gonna have to find the two dudes that are just producing. Um, I mean, I'm hopeful Travis Shaw can get back to his 30 bomb self, but I guess you never know. Um, and Orlando and Urias, you 
kind of don't know what you're going to get with them. Uh, Orlando had a pretty consistent year last year. I keep seeing his name pop up that he was the most consistent hitter last year. Kind of flew under the radar um, for a lot of Brewer fans, but hopefully that left side plays out and we kind of some one of them figures it out or they get a platoon going that works for them. Um, but I guess we'll see. Yeah, mine uh, will echo exactly what you just said. And it's it's really the glaring weakness on the roster until you see it, it to me, is shortstop. Uh, you go up and down the entire league and there's star shortstop after star shortstop, guys that are, you know, stud players hit one through four in their lineup, play great defense. And the Brewers, um, we haven't had uh, – all-star shortstop since I mean JJ Hardy yeah yeah good call uh yeah that's true uh but even then I mean what his best year was you know right around 20 home runs and he was a good player he was a good brewer for a handful of years incredible arm just a strong arm yeah brewer's uh, legend the ladies loved him <laughs> you always see the the JJ makes me hottie Hardy uh, t-shirts around. Scott was another one that, that was just a good-looking brewer. We should, yeah, well, what should we do on the pod? We should rank our top 10 best-looking uh, brewer players over the last couple of decades. We'll, we'll save that one for a rainy day. Um, <laughs> that in the pocket. But seriously, though, before I like, just go through all the brewers teams, and it's, it's shortstop, and we've only seen Urias – get you know a small sample size here but i i don't know man i just don't see that difference making potential with them um so maybe i'll i'm the the debbie downer on luis urias right now uh he had a one great week last year when we were like start our best guys like we want to see him play but he was like the only one hitting i just don't know if he's gonna ever be a plus hitter um in the big leagues He's so reliant on having a good BAP too. So his, his, there's going to be such a high variance between his seasons because uh, contact hitters rely so heavily on just finding holes. I mean, you can make solid contact, but if you're not having any sort of power or don't have that power potential, you're relying on hopefully it just finding holes. Um, so you'll see a lot of variance there. And I, I am somewhat confident in our third base position, assuming we keep Travis Shaw. And I've really liked the at-bats that, Robertson has put together this spring. I know we joked around about the Justin Turner comps, um, which were ridiculous, but he's, he's put together some professional at bats and I think he can handle, you know, his side of a platoon. If they end up going with the Travis Daniel Robertson platoon, I can buy into that at third base. So I think my, uh, I'll go ahead and single it out. Shortstop is my, is my main concern. And that's why we joke around so much about, the Trevor story, <laughs> the Trevor story uh, rumors, or we just try to brew it up ourselves, basically. Um, yeah, so that was a good question there. Um, who do we see in the lineup more between JBJ and Abisail Garcia? The AA Ron for the tweet. Thanks for the tweet. The AA Ron. Yep. Yep. Avid listener there. <laughs> this is kind of a loaded question. Yeah, right, kind of cut you off there. No, you you go ahead. We got like four MLB quality starting outfielders. I mean, Yelich is going to be there every day. He's going to play there and 
97% of the games this year. So, I mean, it's basically center and right of between those other three dudes of who's going to play. Um, I know we talked about JBJ hitting lefties better than right or his lefty lefty splits are better than righty lefty, which is quite interesting. I don't know, man. I mean, I mean, they talked to Avi the other day um, about the signing of JBJ. He was like, it's all good. We already squashed it. So I assuming that they have some sort of plan going forward with these guys. Um, I think JBJ is going to get most of the playing time, but I mean, I think it's going to be fairly balanced, especially with giving uh, Lorenzo Kane days off. Um, I think they'll get a fair shot both ways. Yeah. I'll lean, I'll lean and say JBJ uh, just because of his defense and him being left-handed um, and having the strong side of a potential platoon. Um, so I'll give the edge to JBJ, but I think Avisail will be, I mean, between JBJ, Avi, and Kane, I think they'll all be in the same ballpark of games played, at-bats, et cetera, all the, all the measurables that way. Right. Got a, sorry. No, I was just going to say there was a tweet about that where there is a potential with like the nine games that we play at AL ballparks that all four outfielders, obviously Christian being in the 140, 150 range, all four outfielders would get over a hundred starts. So um, bus, you hit on the Kane getting more off days. I think we probably will see at some point, especially over the middle part of the season, Kane getting the brawn treatment where he's resting every third day. Uh, but I think the real interesting question becomes what happens when we're playing in September for, you know, our playoff hopes and everything's kind of on the line. Um, but I've also been thinking about it. The chances of all four guys playing to their ceiling or their potential is very rare. And I can see us down the stretch when everyone's healthy and we're trying to make that final push with council just going with the hot hand. Well, yeah, remember 2018, we had the same issue with Yelich, Kane, Braun, and Domingo Santana. And then Domingo Santana's not even a Major League Baseball player anymore. Right. He did so. have a massive hit in game 163, though. That doubled on the third yeah. base line to get it to second and third. That was massive. So there, there's still plenty of uh, at-bats for impact plays. So I need someone to do a deep dive on what went wrong with him. Dude, I, I thought he was going to be like a, a very important part of a lot of winning Brewer teams. I mean, I'm looking at, let's see, what year was it? 2017. He had 30 home runs in 2017 and then just kind of lost his pop. 30 home runs. Yeah, he hit 279 with a OPS of almost 900. Um, so yeah, man, he, he just couldn't figure it out. He went to Seattle, went to Cleveland, and I don't even know if he's on the major league roster right now. Um, anyways, that's enough of, uh, Domingo Santana talk. <laughs> we got, uh, another question here. So what are the percentage chance that Josh Hader is traded this year? <laughs> so this is a, a classic brewer debate and question, um, the last handful of years. I mean, I feel like he has to be traded, right? Oh, wow. You're confident, huh? I, 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 mean, I'm not, I mean, I'm not confident, nor do I really want it to happen, but I feel like it just I don't makes see. Sense. Here's why I don't see it happening during the year, because I do think the Brewers are a very competitive team, and I think we're going to be shooting for 90 wins. There's, I don't, 
you know, we'll do our predictions and over under podcast the next couple of weeks here. But I think they're, you know, upper 80s, 90 win team with the current roster. And I just don't envision a scenario where we're near the top of the division and we're trading away an all star closer. It's yeah. tough. It, that's tough to sell to a fan base. I think that's an offseason move. Right. Yeah. I was, I was going to say 15% chance, and that 15% was me saying that we are pretty much out of the race by then, which just, it doesn't, I don't think it's going to happen just because outside of, you know, the Cardinals and Cubs, which I don't think either, either of those teams are going to run away with it. Um, the division is going to be really bad. So um, even if we are 500 at the trade deadline, I still think we're solidly in it and trading away hater at that point doesn't make sense. But you know, the 15% is we're out of it by the deadline a team overpays at the deadline for, for a hater. And that's would be when we'd move him. Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to rescind my take. <laughs> I mean, it's been, it's been documented multiple times that the, the package that we, unless we get just an unreal package from somebody, but. Right. Cause like, it's, it's almost impossible for me to envision a scenario where we're getting like major league difference making bats at a trade deadline while giving up uh all-star closer so it'd be like a both teams buying type deal which i don't know if that's ever been done at the trade deadline i'm sure you could find an instance but i don't know like players of that caliber you know what i mean <laughs> yeah, right so i i like mitch's 15 percent yeah that's fair um cool I don't have any questions. I think there's another question about Mitchell and Ashby. Um, oh, there was one more. There's one more, and then we can we can uh, close it up here. Um, and you guys aren't prepared for this, so take a second to think about it. But um, the most underrated prospect, I guess, like not one of the main five or six prospects of the Brewers um, that you're excited about, potentially, you know, arise or them coming up this year or whatever. Is there anyone under the radar? Under the radar. That's tough for me. Cause I feel like none of them are under the radar for me. Um, well, well, yeah, I guess like, I guess for the more casual, casual fan um, we'll say, so I'm, I'm going to eliminate our first round picks and Mitchell and Ethan small Bryce Terang and Ashby. So anyone beyond those four. Hmm. I mean, Perez would, uh, Herbert Perez would probably be another guy, but I think more and more people are starting to hear about him. He's only 17 years old, but they were talking about how his ceiling may be even as high as Garrett Mitchell's just because I think they talked about a story is that the, the day they signed him, they brought him up to Miller Park for batting practice and he was like banging baseballs off the slide already as like a <laughs> 17 year old. So, I mean, that's obviously a, um, prospect that we're going to keep an eye on for some time. Like you said, he's only 17, so he's probably four or five years away. Um, but he's probably a name to watch. And, you know, I'm excited to, to finally watch him take some some big time at bats in the minors. Yeah, it's cool to see where uh, the Brewers are starting to spend a little bit more international money. Um, so guys like Edward Perez, Eduardo Garcia is also pretty highly regarded. He's an 18-year-old shortstop. Um, that's in the top 10 right now, actually number eight on MLB pipeline. 
Um, so he's a, a six foot two, 170 pound, 18 year old shortstop. So those guys are exciting. Boss, you got anyone in mind? I don't know. I'm just kind of scrolling through the depth chart right now. Wasn't Micah Bayo supposed to be like an absolute stud when we got him? I mean, he's still really young, but I feel like his name was popping up a ton like early on. I don't know, Mitch, do you know any more about him? He's from Hawaii. I know that. He's got yeah. a strong arm, a 60-grade arm. <laughs> yeah, not not enough. You know, there's there's so many young guys that are like 20 years old. That... Right, yeah. I mean, like you look at it, like all of our top 15, there's 18, 20, um, 17, 22. Uh, Freddy, Freddy Zamora is another guy. Uh, 18, it's just like they're so young, so young. So it'll be fun to watch them develop. Yeah, and here's one. I mean, this is on the border of cheating because Brewers fans saw him this spring. Um, but I'm very excited about Mario Feliciano. Um, I think he's the next catcher, uh, homegrown Brewers catcher to spend, you know, a, a handful of years with the team and hopefully can be a guy that's around for a while. Um, but he had a strong spring. I think he is hitting like over 500 and like, I don't know, I think he had 11 at-bats or something like that. Uh, showed some pop, hit some balls off the wall. Um, he's developed into a, a solid, uh, power hitting catcher. I mean, his last full minor league season, um, he had 19 home runs and you could see some of that power in spring training this year. So he's another one to keep an eye on. Um, especially if there's an injury or two to catchers. I mean, I know we have like Luke Miley or mile or however the hell you say his name. And even our boy, Jake Nottingham, uh, he hasn't caught it all, but he had a dong today. Yeah. And we can't forget about Dylan File and Alec Bettinger being the next Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff. So those are always a lot. <laughs> hey, Alec Bettinger, we, is he, has he thrown him? Uh, he wasn't even invited to the spring training, was he? Uh, he's hurt. He's got elbow uh, soreness. Uh, that's a shame. Was File hurt too? Are both of them hurt? Bettinger, I know he is. Yeah, because Bettinger was in the Zips top 100. Yeah. Cool. That well, we've uh, we've rambled on about uh, some obscure Brewers prospects, and um, hope uh, the diehards out there enjoyed that spiel. <laughs> um, I think next episode we want to do some over under, so we'll pull some Vegas lines, go team by team with a short explanation on um, why we're gonna say over under on win totals. Talk about the whole league. We've got some good feedback on you know when we talk a little bit more about the Brewers and have a higher scope of things so i think we'll uh we'll talk more brewers takes and do some of those over unders next week and in the meantime we got 17 days to opening day uh let's cook fellas go crew let's go